Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 133 in Edmonton. I will get to text. We have a um, couple hundred or so that have come in in about the last 15 minutes. Busy show today. We've had Brendan Gallagher's agent, Jerry Johansson. Along with our regular Thursday contributors from NHL Hockey and Rogers, Louis DeBrusque. For our friends at Canadian Power Pack, longtime NHL executive Brian Burke. And up next on the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, Edmonton sporting icon, Montreal-based sports personality, former oiler, one of the toughest men in the history of the National Hockey League. We welcome back to the show, George LaRock. Hello, George. How are you? I'm awesome, Bob. How are things? Good. Uh, thank you for the call on Saturday. Uh, we had a conversation. <laughs> we had a conversation. Now, 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 we know the rest of the story because we didn't know on Saturday that Robin Leonard was potentially going to miss the start of the season and that the Vegas Golden Knights are going to uh, not, at least at the start of the year, trade Marc-Andre Fleury. But you said, Bob, would the Oilers have interest in Marc-Andre Fleury? So let's have that conversation for our listeners. George, you know Marc-Andre Fleury a bit. Uh, do you think he's a guy that would potentially, like at least for the start of the season, he's going to be with Vegas. He has a no-movement clause. Do you think a, a player like Marc Andre Fleury potentially wa- might be would look at Edmonton down the road? Well, first of all, uh, I could say that Marc Andre Fleury would be an update to both goalies there in Edmonton. That's the start, and he would for sure waive his no trade clause to go play in Edmonton because he knows that you know playing there gives him the chance to win, and not just that. With the I know him; he's a competitor. He's the one of the hardest worker goalie I've ever seen. The way Vegas is treating him is not fair at all. They have not talked to him, no communication with him ever since they signed Leonard. They didn't even communicate with him to let him know that he would start the season with Leonard because Leonard got injured. He signed all that up in the media. That's where he find that out. The team didn't even call him. So how much do you think that he would love to go play on a team like Edmonton and to be that would that plays Vegas a lot to be able to prove them wrong. That's how athletes are made. That's how athletes are breed, you know? And the best <laughs> thing you want to do is show them that they made the wrong decision by choosing Leonard instead of him. So playing them and you would have that opportunity. Because I've told you before, Bob, when we talk about the Oilers team, one of the big problems that they have is a net. Yeah. You know, like the rest of the stuff, you know, like when you have the two best center in the NHL, you could surround them and it's good. But the goalies, you saw in the offseason how important this position was. And unfortunately, um, you know, as much as I love the Oilers, I think that with going with the same tandem of goalies is not the solution. But I will cross my fingers that once Leonard is back, and then, the, you know, you know, the Vegas has to shed some salaries, that eventually they would trade him to Edmonton that needs a goalie, and then uh, that, that, that right there will make a huge difference uh, for the team. Well, what I find interesting, a couple things, uh, you know, 
they traded Nate Schmidt once they signed Petrangelo to Vancouver. Now, in a normal year, Vancouver is in the same division as Vegas. This upcoming season, George, might only be a Canadian division. So, in theory, one of I mean, it, let's just say hypothetically there was a trade during the year. It's entirely possibility uh, possibility that Edmonton and Vegas would not end up in the same division for the 2021 season. So, that that, that is interesting. because And it was Bill Foley, the, the owner of Vegas, George, that brought that up because somebody said, well, you traded Nate Schmidt to a divisional rival in Vancouver, and he said, "Well, Vancouver is going to be in a Canadian division this well, upcoming season." That, that, that's another thing. Um, you know, regarding that, that man is probably not happy because usually he's always the one that has to to give yes. news to to the league to everyone. The, the owners are not supposed to talk, and Vegas probably going to get a fine about it. But you're right. We learned a couple of things. First thing is that there was going to be a Canadian like division because of COVID and the way they want to minimize the risk. And at the same time, that the, the hockey would start in February. And it wouldn't be a full season because the big and that that thing that I'm going to say right there, Bob. I've been talking about it for months. Is that the NHL is not like the NFL? They can't afford to play games with no fans because this is what pays the salaries for the players. Because the TV rights are so low that they don't make enough money uh, uh, that way with TV rights to honor the salary. So even with a bubble, Canadian teams or anything, there's tons of owners that knows they can't honor the salaries if. There's no fans in the building. So that's why that's a big problem. And, and I think that for things to be back to normal is when the government's going to allow all the NHL team to have home games with full fans out there. And that's probably not going to happen until February, March. But the other thing, too, is NBC. I've already said that the NHL next year for the playoff, it has to be done in the summer. So they yep. can't let it go as long as it did last year. So because of that, you look at a. 40-game season at best if it happens, and this will all depend on the government allowing teams to have home games with their stands full so they could honor their salaries. I don't think they need the fan. I don't think they need full fans. I don't know if that's pragmatic that quickly, George, by February, but maybe partial fans. The other thing about TV, the but, TV but, but, deal. But, but, hold on. The, the, the owner of Carolina, I mean, you, maybe you didn't hear him. Some, like Vegas said, with half the fans, they would be okay. Vegas yes. is loaded with money. There's many teams in right. difficult situations that with half the fans, they won't survive. And you yeah. know that. But if Eugene, Eugene Melnick... If, if there's only five teams or ten teams like that out of 30 teams, 31 teams that can't, they can't do this. It has to be unified. It has to be everyone. You don't know, that's, that's fair. Why, that, that's, why, that's why this is actually a serious problem that we don't think about it now because we all assume... Oh, it's going to start. It's going to be a full season. Everything is okay because we did a bubble. We did a bubble for the playoff, not for a full regular season. Look at the NFL, what's going on. Look at the NFL. It's probably going to shut down there. You know, if the NHL wants to do a full season with no bubble, like, how is it going to work? And They're not going to get a full They won't get a full season. Cross, but it's going to be tough. George, my guess is you're looking at a 48 to 56 game schedule that maybe starts the third week of January and finishes with the playoffs, full, full four rounds of the playoffs by the third week of uh, July. So it's done by the time the Olympics start, which are on NBC. The TV money is a lot better, George's, and the radio money. The, the top three television markets last year f- for regional TV, for regional broadcasts, were Toronto, Montreal, and Edmonton. And Vancouver was in the top five. That's four, like, that, that, people don't realize that, that 
there's more fans, there's more eyes watching the Oilers on a regional broadcast than in Chicago and in New York. That's the level of passion that the Canadian fan has. So, George, $5.2 billion from Rogers is north of 400 I think it's like 450 million a year 470 million a year they get 200 million a year from NBC that's it for their national uh, rights so that puts things in perspective uh, but I am in, I was you know I am interested now we know with Mark Andre Fleury that he's starting the year in Vegas I'm with you I wonder whether or not if we play I wonder whether or not Vegas is forced to make a move at some point all right George switching focus because you're in Montreal what do Canadians fans think of Brendan Gallagher okay so there's a couple of things regarding that the first thing is people recognize that he's the heart and soul of that team um, and, and it was a must to sign Gallagher but at the same time nobody wanted the Canadian like a lot of people didn't want the Canadian to sign him for too long because by the time his contract's done next year, he's going to be 29 years old. And the way and the style that he plays, uh, no, nobody thinks he's going to be able to do that for another six years. Because he, he, the, the hits that he takes, he's hurt a lot. He, he takes a lot of crash and bang because he's a small player, and that's how he has success. So what people are afraid with a long contract is the fact that his last, his last two or three years, you know, he's going to be done. His body will be, will be taken at all. Because the NHL, as you know, Bob, what GMs do, what teams do now, they always pay players for service paid, but not for what they're going to do in the future. Because obviously Gallagher's best year is behind him. Because now with all the, with, with Anderson and Toffoli, he's, he's going to have less responsibility. And I don't think he's going to score 30 goals again because now you're going to have Anderson in the power play in front of the net. He's going to have other guys that will be able to contribute. He's still so important to the team. But when you look at his body and the way things are, I don't know for how long he's going to do that. So it's good that, that, that they got him signed because, you know, they needed him. We'll talk about the last two, three years and a couple of years to see how that goes. But for now, at least it's done. Because if you talk about the guy who's been loyal to this team, he's given heart and soul, that's him. You know, he's the, when Weber's gone, he's going to be... Uh, the captain of the Montreal Canadiens. Montreal's got a pretty good team, don't they, George? Well, right now, Montreal is the most improved team in the in, in this offseason. Uh, with all the addition that they've done, um, and, and you know what's crazy about that is that Boston's not going to be as good. They lost uh, Krug, and then you see that Marshawn, a couple guys are hurt for five months, they're not going to start the year. Uh, there's, like, you look at Pittsburgh also, like, like all the other teams around them they, they got weaker and Montreal got better. So I think coming out of the, uh, of the East for Montreal is a big possibility. They could do it now because they're, I think they could be one of, they're the strongest team or one of the strongest team in the East. Uh, out West now, it's, it's another story, right? Because if you look at Vegas, what they've done with their demon again, uh, it's incredible. I can't, you know, this, it's unfair that Vegas is a destination for player because of Vegas, and, and it's so easier for them to attract guys as for other team has to work much harder. But, man, you know, as soon as Petangelo, we knew he was going to visiting that city. We knew that he was interested in going there and stuff, right? So it's just it's a market that guys could get to pick. It's a tougher market to guys to pick from. But, again, uh, at least Montreal, I think they could come out of the East now way better than before. And, and they didn't even... 
They didn't even give anything for it. All the future is still there. We said they are going to have to re- get rid of Caulfield. They get rid of the first pick or anything to get those guys. Nothing. The, the future is still there, and they've improved right now. So that's why, if you look at that, all that, the Benjamin just did an amazing job. I got Jake Allen. They got him extended for two years. Uh, you know what, Joel Edmondson? I wouldn't. I've said this already on the show today. I mean, Doug Armstrong won a Stanley Cup. What do I know? But I would not have traded Joel Edmondson straight up for Justin Falk, and he did. And then he gave Falk a seven-year extension. Uh, you know, with the money that he could have paid Petrangelo. Uh, so the Canadians have got Edmondson. They've got Allen. Those guys won cups in St. Louis. They Domi wasn't happy. They got Anderson, who I've always liked, big, strong, you know, Tom Wilson-esque type of player. Now they've signed to Foley to add them some more support scoring. The only thing, George, I could see hurting Montreal is if their young centers take a step back. Suzuki. Right, you, know you, you're you know what? On that, that's the biggest question yeah. marks we have because right now Bergeron is saying is the one two centers uh, like you know Suzuki is at first first center Dano yeah. second and Katkenemi third Katkenemi last year wasn't a minors he, he had really yeah. good playoff run but again how is he going to be next year because you're banking on the fact that Suzuki's second year is not going to he's not going to struggle like Katkenemi did and he's going to be a top line top line center and Katkenemi is going to you know continue his good work that he's done in the playoffs but if those two guys, they have a rough start, when Montreal had Domi at center and then they were, like, loaded in that position, man, we, they're hoping that those two guys will be able to contribute and won't have any problem because you had all the peace and all the money you spent because now, right now they're over the cap. But if those two guys don't deliver, man, that's uh, going to be a really tough year for Montreal. George LaRock joining us on Oilers now. Bob Stoffer with you along with Cody Johnson. George, uh, you spoke about Mike Smith. You still think if there's a way Edmonton can get in on uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, they should. What did you think of the signings of Tyson Berry, one-year deal, uh, two-year deal for Kyle Turris, one-year deal bringing Tyler Ennis back and bringing Pugliarvi back as well? For, for Barry, that was a really good signing because we saw it in power play, uh, you know, in Colorado. Like, he, he's so important. He was so important with that team. That's when things were clicking. It got a little tougher in, 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 in Toronto, maybe because of the pressure. And then actually when they changed the coach, things got way better for him after. But I think that in Edmonton, that's exactly the guy they needed for the power play. And it's going to change everything. A puck-moving defenseman uh, that has great offensive skill. And with those two guys there, with McDavid and Drysaddle, it's an unbelievable addition because they needed that for their. Blue they already, they, but George, they and they already had, they already had the what? best power. They did already have the best power play in the league last year, George. But they lost Clefbaum to injury, so they needed a yeah, guy to replace yeah. Clefbaum. Yeah, that's, so that's what I said exactly because he was hurt. And as and as for uh, you know like Turris, um, you know at least it wasn't a lot of money. It has it's important to have death in your team, you know. So. And the third line center, it's okay for that. Um, and I know he's going to want to prove everybody that he's not done because when guys get, you know, you let him go like that. Like when Nashville does that, guys feel they have something to prove, right? Yeah. And he's in the same conference. He's in the West. So he's going to show Nashville they made a mistake. So if he plays with a chip in his shoulder, you could bring some something interesting on a third line uh, for for Edmonton. But, but Bob, again, in those additions, uh, the only thing that I really don't get is the Mike Smith. And and we everybody knows that they did that because the, the plan A, B, and C didn't work. And they did that because they had no other options. But the playoff, it was hurting me to see 
the battle of, 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 of the bad goalies with Crawford was as bad for Chicago as the goalies in Edmonton were. And we didn't even know what, who we were going to start the next playoff game because it was so bad. And, you know, a bad goal brings a team flat is the hardest thing, especially when you're a young team. So it's so important to have a good guy. And, and, and it, it, it broke my heart. When Calgary signed Markstrom, I was like, "Oh my God!" Well, like, Edmonton, why George, did we get him. Edmonton would not have gotten Tyson Berry if they'd gotten Markstrom. But I, I do want to just say, what, like Crawford got two years at three point nine million in New Jersey, which I don't uh, understand. I don't. Okay, understand. all right. So you would not, it. you you would not have signed him in Edmonton at that oh price point. Oh my God! You know, you know, when I was talking to you a couple of weeks ago, I said, "I hope Edmonton doesn't touch Crawford. They don't touch yes. Murray." Yeah, and, and and they didn't, but. They, they got Smith, which is not far off. All right. George, uh, one final one for you. Taylor Hall, one year, $8 million to Jack Eichel's a pretty good player. And Taylor Hall and Ryan Nugent Hopkins, uh, Sam Gagne, all those guys, they really liked Ralph Kruger the year they had him in Edmonton. Were you surprised that Taylor ended up in Buffalo and not Montreal? Okay, okay. I was very surprised because, you know, first of all, I heard the report that Taylor Hall got offered 6.5 for one year in Colorado. And and he, he was talking about the fact he wanted to win. And yeah. I understand that for a guy that played for Jersey and, and the Coyotes, if you say he wants to win, the last place you want to go is, is Buffalo, right? So I never said he was going to go there. And now when I saw he went to Buffalo because of the coach and this and that, no. The reason why he went to Buffalo, we all know, is because he's going to play with Jack Eichel, which is unbelievable, an unbelievable center. And he's going to get between 80 and 90 points next year. And he's thinking that by getting lots of points, then he'll be able to to, to break the bank next year. I have a message for Taylor. Taylor, if, if, you, if you're listening to this, all the GMs and everybody knows that next year you're going to score between 80 and 90 points in Buffalo because you're going to play what I call. They all know you're thinking by going to Buffalo what you want to do. If you want to break the bank next year, this is what you have to do. It doesn't matter how much points you get next year. Bring this team to the playoffs. Be a leader. Show you could bring the team to the next level, and then you're going to break the, the, the bank next year. Because this is what the impact that you need to have to a team to show to all the teams that you're a leader, and they're going to want you. They're going to, they're going to want you to build a championship team around you. And that's what he has to do. Because I don't believe, Bob, that even if he has tons of points next year and Buffalo tanks again, that is going to be good. And actually, if Buffalo tanks, they're probably going to trade him anywhere at the deadline. Even though he has a no-move no move clause, they're going to ask where he wants to go. Yep. He could get a first pick for him. So, you know, at least I'll get something in exchange. But again, if he finish again with another team again, if he change team again, um, it's not going to bring his value up. You know, guys to that caliber should never change his team as many times as he's done. But now he has a chance to do something great in Buffalo and sign an extension there, a really big one, if he brings this team to promised land. If he gets them, if he helps, look, and he did the second year in New Jersey, uh, the second year in New Jersey, like the first year of the deal, the Oilers won the deal. Larson improved Edmonton's. Edmonton's defense went from 25th to 8th in the league that year. Taylor went to New Jersey, and they had a tough year. The second year of the deal, Taylor had 93 points and was the MVP. He won the Hart Trophy. New Jersey got to the playoffs. He had like 30 more points than any other player on the team. Then he got hurt in the third year. And then he didn't sign long-term in New Jersey, and he got traded. I'm with you. If he gets – and you know what? Buffalo's got more money than anybody right now. They can out, right. They, so he could get the best extension long-term likely in Buffalo 
And I do agree with you. If he gets them in the playoffs, that might help him more than the point total as well. George, just so you know, a lot of the listeners on Mike Smith agree with you. Okay, a lot of those listeners do not understand why Edmonton brought back Mike Smith. Uh, some, some kind of fundamentally get it, but a lot kind of uh, appreciate your perspective. Thanks for joining us, big man. Thanks for your time. Anytime, brother. See you later, George. That is George LaRock out of Montreal. Of course, uh, legendary uh, Edmonton Oiler player, one of the toughest men in the NHL. Uh, best fighter, certainly. I mean, he mopped the floor with guys. Like he was, he was a heavyweight champ of the NHL when he was here. Royal Pizza, Pizza Past, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. Royal Pizza offers curbside pickup and takeout options for a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza from uh, Oil royal pizza app from the app store it's a great point by george he'd be better regarding taylor hall it's better for taylor if he helps lead buffalo to the playoffs and if he puts up you know a point per game plus and and they crash and burn uh, again in buffalo they haven't made the playoffs in nine years two this day in oilers history i just tweeted this out actually back in the 630 chad studios here's cody jansen well, uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, he recorded a hat-trick in his third career game here, but the Oilers end up losing 4-3 against Vancouver Canucks. All right, Oilers GM, uh, we got about three minutes left in the show here. Oilers GM has uh, texted the show to say, Bob, the more Markstrom faces McDavid and Settle, the more the dynamic uh, duo will make him regret his contract unless money and not winning is everything to him. Although we haven't won much in the past decade, any knowledgeable hockey mind knows the Oilers were on the uh, cusp. Uh, okay. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Wilt says, Bob, I really enjoyed your segment today with Brian Burke. It's so refreshing to hear someone actually back our goaltender tandem. Can you share your thoughts on why Markstrom is so coveted compared to Koski when they had the exact same numbers last year and the Oilers at, uh, had a porous decor from Wilt? Um uh, well, they had the same save percentage between the two players. I think the belief is that Markstrom could run with 55 or 60 starts in an 80-game schedule. And they, I think there's a sense of non-belief that Koskinen can do that or hasn't done that yet. But that, that might be why a lot of people in hockey think that Markstrom was the crown jewel uh, of the hockey market. Now, I... I don't know who Zidian Clark. I'm trying to think of who the Vancouver goalie coach has been the last couple of years. Um, but Markstrom, in terms of the poorest defense comment, I actually think Vancouver gave up higher grade scoring opportunities in the Oilers' defense this past year. Koskinen was decent. I think in Koskinen's situation, even when he played in the KHL, he's kind of a 55-45 guy. He's not a 65-35 guy. And I think there's a belief that Markstrom is that goaltender. Uh, this text comes in regarding uh, George LaRock's comment on Taylor Hall. To lead Buffalo, Taylor Hall will need to score. It's not a dynamic uh, point issue with Hall. Uh KJ in Calgary says, Bob, I believe Mike Smith is going to have a chip on his shoulder and prove the naysayers wrong. I'm cheering for him from KJ in the YYC. Well, it's interesting. Like, I don't think Corey Crawford was dramatically better than than Mike Smith. Okay? 
He had a good second half of the season. He basically had the same like when I, I wouldn't have gone three point nine million on Corey Crawford, and I would have been a little bit leery at three point six on Thomas Grace, just because it seems whoever goes into goal and uh, plays for Barry Trotz seems to have success, uh, along with Mitch Korn sort of overseeing things from 30,000 feet. Former defenseman Mark says, Bob, the NHL ruling on the James Neal trade. The league went out of their way to change the rules of that deal, yet they didn't apply those same changes to player bonuses. They cherry-picked. I'm going to throw a hypothetical out which supports uh, this text. Let's say a team trades a draft pick slot for a player with one year left in her contract. What if a season doesn't occur? Does the NHL award the team who acquired that player for the draft pick? Uh, do they give them their pick back? I'd be very wary making that type of deal without the certainty that the season was going to occur. The league has opened up the Pandora's box with the James Neal uh, decision. There you go. And one final text says, Bob, George is bang on. The exact reason I said yesterday I wouldn't want the Oilers to get Brendan Gallagher. He's inferring to the fact that he's concerned that uh, George is going to, uh, or uh, Brendan's going to wear down over time. One of the guests tonight on Reed Wilkins on Inside Sports will be WHL Commissioner Ron Robinson. Tomorrow, guests will include for NHL Hockey and Rogers, for our friends at the River Cree Resort and Casino, Elliot Friedman. For the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta, Mark Spector and Jack Michaels from the Oilers Radio Network. Up next, the Global News Weather Traffic Update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News with Jaylen I. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chet.